0: that Jesus always, God always wants to do the new. In fact, it says, uh, you know, in Corinthians, it says, behold, the old is gone, everything is new. You know, it talks that Isaiah uh, about, uh, God wants to do a new thing, can you not perceive it? There's this incredible thing that God wants to do. He always wants to do the new. He's not, he's not interested in really doing the old. The old is the old and the new is the new. And, and in scripture it says this, it says that the new wine can't go into old wineskins because it causes the old wineskin to burst. The, the thing is, is that the, the old wineskin is not horrible, it's not useless, the old wine that goes into it is more than capable of, of being safe in the, but it's just that if we wanna step into the new, we've gotta let go of the old. It's just the way that the Bible works. It's just the way that the kingdom operates, is that you, you become born again, a new person. You get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. There's something new that takes place in your world. But I really felt like it's really nice to say all that stuff about the new, but with every new thing that happens in your life comes a new season. Everybody know what I'm talking about? New seasons come. And so let me just read from you from Ecclesiastes and then I'm gonna ask you some questions and then we're gonna look at the importance of understanding the season that we're in. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8 says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill when your child won't go to bed when you told them to. And a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit. Searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And so the highly intelligent writer of Ecclesiastes basically says something that you and I didn't have a clue about is that there's a time for everything, genius isn't he? But there's always new seasons in life, and i want to ask you a question this morning. What is your favorite season? How many people summer is your favorite season? How many people would like a little bit of winter right now? How many people autumn is your favorite season? Spring, spring, all those different seasons bring different things to mind, yes? Summer is the beach and the heat and all that sort of stuff, and, and if you don't put on sunscreen, you end up looking like a lobster And then in winter, it's those cozy nights in front of the fire with your blanket on the couch, snuggling into your loved one, watching a great movie, eating popcorn. Is that just me? And then autumn is the beautiful leaves coming off the trees, and spring is the lambs, all those sorts of things. So if you apply the seasons of life, the seasons that we live in, which one of them would apply to your life right now? Which season do you think that you're in right now? Are you in a winter season? Are you in a spring season? Are you in a summer season? Are you in autumn? What what sort of season is your life going through right now? And what sort of season, even though you know what season you're in, which season would you rather be in? I say all that to say this, is that I think I'm in a particular season at the moment that God's taking me through. But what I tend to do when I'm going through my season is I tend to look at everybody else's seasons. And I'll tend to look over here at Amanda's season and go, Amanda's season is so flippin' awesome at the moment. I wish I had Amanda's season. I mean, she's married to Pete for starters. I mean, wow. You know what I'm, You know what I'm talking about, yes? You're going through something in life, but all you do is you spend your whole time looking at the other person's life going, I wish that was my season. I wish I was going through that right now. I don't know about you, but other people's seasons seem so much more attractive than my season. But here's the problem. Every season has a struggle you can't see. Every season has a struggle that you can't see. I, I know someone that's becoming a friend who, who is going for a season of, of um, kids, having young kids, and, and has kind of done that later in life, and. And, and the thing is though is that that's the season they're in right now because the season prior was that they ran a business and so they just didn't have time for family. But they went through a particular season and it's so easy to look at other people's seasons and go, I wish I had that season. I wish I remember when I, remember when I was working uh, for BMW when I was younger, I remember looking at a guy who was, who was about 43 years of age and he was retired, a multi-millionaire. And, um, and I remember thinking, man, I, I wouldn't mind being 43 and retired, that'd be all right. And you, know, you start looking at other people's lives, but when he started sharing his story about he had been bankrupt six times and been a millionaire three times and then gone bankrupt and just the pain and the heartache and everything that he went through to get to where he is, you don't see that, you just see the outcome and, and you wish, man, I wish that was my season, but when I heard the stories of what he went through to get there, I'm like, you can keep that season or I'll stay over here in my season. And so every season has a aspect to it that you can't see and the problem is, is when we look at somebody else's season, all we, all we see is the highlights, yeah? All we see is the highlights. It's like, you know, I, I, we kinda had a staycation this year, staying at home because we had some things to do around the house like, like shampooing the carpets, such a great holiday, um, and I'm sitting there looking at Instagram, and I see all these people at the beach, taking shots, and you know I don't know how long some of them stayed. I remember seeing one that Hope had put up that apparently Ben was hanging off a cliff to be able to take the photo for her or something or other, and I'm just like, he's putting his life at risk for an Instagram photo. That's insane. But anyway, um, but always is the highlight reels. Of How amazing somebody 's season is right now, very, rarely does somebody post you know here here 's an Instagram or a Facebook post of my kid having a tantrum because their spaghetti was cold it 's been going on for three hours now. Love my life, nobody does that. nobody does that we don 't do that we don 't see the struggles that they 're going through to get there in every season is so unique that every season has a unique struggle. Every single one of us goes through seasons and every single one of us, our season is unique to us and it has a unique struggle. And regardless of who you are or where you are in life, if we understand this, we become more likely to appreciate the season we're in. When we understand that everybody has a struggle in their season, it stops us for a moment of wishing we had their life and it makes us start to appreciate the season that we're going through because there's a lesson to be learned in every single season. And although God wants to bring the new, when he brings a new season, he brings a new lesson. He brings something new for us to understand what we're going through, a new thing for us. And while it may take long for the positive aspects of other people's, you know, it doesn't take long to see the positive aspects of other people's seasons, it always tends to take us ages doesn't it, to see the positive things in our own season. But here's the thing, you can wish that you had somebody's season as much as you like but the reality is this, you can't live in their season. Their season is theirs and your season is yours and as much as you may want their season, you can't have their season and the thing is is that you don't see the struggle in their season. My concern is is that we're so focused on the season we don't have that we fail to see what it is that God's trying to do in the season that we do have. The struggles in our seasons are all part of God's natural plan for our lives. So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to distract us from our season and he wants us to focus on other people's seasons so we actually miss out on what God's trying to do in our season. We actually fail to see What he's trying to do, remember this I said the other week in Isaiah, it says, behold, I wanna do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And the problem is, is we so often miss what God is doing because we're not looking at where we are, we're looking at everybody else wishing that we were where they are. I don't know about you, but let me ask you a question because it's a question I have to ask myself. What's the first thing that comes to mind in you when you're going for a season? The struggle or the blessing? I can tell you now 100% every time in a season, I'll see the struggles first pop. The blessings is like this hidden away thing somewhere that somebody's dug a hole in my backyard and buried it so that I can't see it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But we have to make a change in our thinking and understand that In every season there are struggles, but the struggles always lead to a blessing. Listen to this in Daniel 2, 19 to 23. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, in other words, the king at the time who ruled the nation had a vision and and Daniel was under pressure. He had to be able to tell him by morning what his vision meant. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, praise be the name of the God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are, are his. Listen to this in verse 21. He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise, our, praise you God for of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we have asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. See, here's the thing. Daniel's in a really difficult situation because if he didn't tell the king what his vision was by morning, Daniel was, it was life was over for him. As you can imagine, Daniel going to bed that night praying, please, please, please. The amazing thing about Daniel is is that when God speaks to him, First of all, he understands that God changes seasons and times. (coughs) He understands that God appoints king and disposes kings. But the thing I love about him the most is the language of Daniel. It's just all about how awesome and amazing God is and and just how magnificent he is. And I thank and I praise you, God, on my hands. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what I asked of you. His language in his season was not one of, of of, even if you read earlier in the story, he's not pleading, he's not begging, he's not crying. He, he has such a faith and trust in God that in the season that he's in, that God is going to reveal it to him because he understands that God's in charge of seasons and times. And so his language in his season is what is so important. In every season, can I say this to you, that if, if God is in charge of every season and if God is in charge of every time, then every season is shaped by what we say. What you say, when you understand that He is in charge of the seasons and the times, then your language and your season and your times really dictates the outcome because you can do one thing of like, oh, what the heck is going on here? What are you doing? Don't you love me? Are you not here for me? I thought you never left me nor forsake me, but I feel really forsaken right now. What are you doing? You're not answering my prayers. Why bother praying anyway? That language, guess what? It leads to one place. But if we can come to a place of going, you know what, you, you change seasons and you change times and I'm not too sure what's happening right now in this season or in this time that I'm in, but I understand that if I ask of you that you'll give me knowledge and you'll give me power and you'll answer my prayer and I'll understand what season I'm in so I know what to say in my season. This is what he's saying, now I know what to say to the king in my season, he cried out and is used the right language and what we ultimately say in our season dictates the way that we perceive the season we're in. You see, for instance, God can place us in the midst of a beautiful season, but can we see it? We can sometimes see it as a burden. We can sometimes see it as a burden because we only have one way that we speak about our season. You know, I was just talking to Jean earlier this morning. He's just had his brother and his family over from South Africa for seven weeks. And there's a fair few of them. How many is them more to give us, Jean? Six of them in the house, along with all the other family. I don't know about you, but seven weeks of my family and all of my sister's family would not seem like a beautiful thing for me. I would start to get rattled after a wee while. The first two weeks would be awesome. But the thing is, is that we can, we can start to look at a, at, a, at a situation like, you know, like this is painful having them here. We need our own space. Or you can look at it as like, man, this is an opportunity. This is unique. Like I may not get to see them again for a while. Let's make the best of the season, even with its struggles, even with its problems, let's make the best of the season that we're currently in. And all of a sudden, when we start to speak that way, our processes start to change, our thinking starts to change, our perception of the situation starts to change. And by choosing to speak of our season in accordance with God's perception rather than our feelings, remember, it's not about our feelings, it's about what God's trying to do. It's about having his perception. I love this, that in the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37, it says that God lifted me and then he shifted me and he placed me down. I love it that, that before he even starts to prophesy, God lifts him up so he can see the situation from a different perspective. But then does it doesn't just drop him down into the place that he came from, but he shifts him as well. He sees it differently, he moves him to a different place, and he puts him down there, and it's from that new place, that new perspective, the new place, that's when he starts to prophesy into the dry bones. You see, God just wants to shift us and our perception so our language changes about our season, and then all of a sudden, we start to see our season an entirely different light and let me just say this this morning and, I, and, I, and I'm nearly finished and I believe this will really really help you if you understand this this morning I so often spend my life trying to find the beautiful season I'm trying to find this beautiful season you know the season where everything just goes smoothly you know where everything just perfect your wife loves you doesn't matter if you don't take the rubbish out she still thinks you're amazing you know the kids don't fight; they call you, "Oh Father, you know, oh Mother, how wonderful thou art, you know that season, that beautiful season, where everything goes to plan where where the bills come in, but you don't even have to pay them because somebody's paying them all for you and and you're just relaxed, and you know we all look for that beautiful season, don't we? We're all looking for the beautiful season, but here's the thing. God didn't say he makes beautiful seasons. What God says is God makes all things beautiful. God makes all things beautiful. Therefore, he's not waiting to give you a beautiful season in the future. Instead, he's waiting for us to acknowledge the beauty in our present circumstance because he makes all things beautiful. <laughs> all things work together for good, slowly but surely, precept by precept, step by step. It's not that you have a beautiful season given to you, it's that he makes the season beautiful when you start to see him in the midst of the season and you start to change your language because every season has strengths that you can seize. Every single season you go through this year will have a strength in it that if you can see it, you can seize it, and it can make a difference in your world. We, we don't take the opportunity to seize the strengths in our current season. You may miss the opportunity of what God's trying to do in your current season. We, we, we Trinity and I, are going for a season at the moment in regards to something in around of our section and. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a like, I'm telling you, it is an uncomfortable season, but there is something beautiful that I'm starting to see in the middle of the season. And, and sometimes we think seasons last a long time, but it might only be two weeks or three weeks season. You know when you get that, that bad news from the doctor, but we can't confirm that this is a problem with you for another three or four weeks. And so it's just this four week season of your brain just going about all the possibilities of what could be, but I, I wonder if we just step back and, and, and we just ask God, can you lift me and can you just shift me and put me down in a new place so I can have your perception of my season, so I can change my language and I can seize the strength from the season. In the season that I'm in right now, there's this, there's this faith strength that's coming to my life that wouldn't come any other way than from the struggle in the season. See, unfortunately, when our perspective drifts to the point where we feel like we can't hear God or we don't feel Him or or, or He's just not there for us, we just, we start to pull back. We start to pull back from Him instead of running into Him. You see, the closer we stay to God, the more likely it is that we're going to find the blessing in the season. You won't find the blessing in the season removed from him. You only find it while you stick with him. You know, the prodigal son is such an incredible story in Luke 15, and the young son, as you know, if you've been around long enough, goes off and he spends all of the inheritance on wild living and, and then one day he finds himself in a pig's pen eating the same food as pigs eat. And he thinks to himself, even the servants in my father's house are treated better than this. And so he goes home and on his way home, he's thinking that his dad's gonna punish him, but instead his dad runs to him and he welcomes him and he reestablishes straight back into sonship without him having to do anything And then the older brother who stayed the whole time starts to hear about the party that they're having because the young son is back and he starts getting a bad attitude about I've been here all this time slaving for you and you haven't even given me a goat to kill for my friends and and, and the father says to him these words and I love it, he says, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. You could in other words he's saying, you could have had that goat at any time. You could have had the bull at any time. You could have had a party for your friends at any time. Everything that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And while he longed for the attention of his older brother received, his younger brother received, he missed the fact that everything he desired was already at his disposal. It was already there. He just never asked for it because he had a mentality of I've slaved for you rather than I have been in relationship with you and we're doing this together. Are you with me this morning? He couldn't see the season that he was in. He couldn't see that in his season and staying behind, that there's an incredible strength there and that everything the father had was his. And he could have had anything that he wanted in that moment that was the father's, but because of a wrong perception, because of a wrong precept, because of a wrong understanding, he didn't see that the father's stuff was his. He saw himself having to slave for the father. Instead of looking I think sometimes in our lives, to fast forward for a difficult season or rewind to a more favorable season. I think we have gotta stop sometimes and take our turn to embrace what is the purpose of this season? I wonder if that older brother stopped for a moment and thought to himself, what is the purpose of me being here with dad in this season? My brother's gone off, I don't think that's right. Obviously he didn't agree with what his younger brother did and good on him for not doing the same thing but, but he failed to understand that in staying behind. There was a beauty in that season that he could have had but he missed out because he was so focused on what was happening in his brother's season right now. He was so focused on seeing the attention that his brother had that he failed to see the beauty and what him and his father had had in the months that had gone by. So easy to see the beauty in other people's season. But I wanna ask you a question this morning as I finish. What beauty might you be missing in the season you're currently in? What, What is he trying to make beautiful in your season that you're missing? because you're not looking for it to be made beautiful. You're looking, I want this season or I want that season. I don't want this season, I want a change season. I don't want winter, I want summer right now in my life. I don't want spring, I want autumn. What, what is it that you're missing that God's trying to make beautiful in your season because you currently can't see the blessing? What blessing are you missing in your life right now because you've allowed the struggle of the season to overshadow the blessing or the beauty that he's trying to create. Ecclesiastes 3:11 says this: "He has made everything beautiful in its time." Interesting that this is the scripture once he talks about all the different times, a time for this, and a time for that, a time for war, a time for peace." And he says, "He has made, that is Christ has, God has, made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I suppose my question to you this morning is this, a new day, a new year, a new season, but are you embracing the season that you're in Or are you too busy looking at everybody else's season? Because if all you do is look at what everybody else is going through and wishing what everybody else had, you'll never see him make beautiful the season you're in. What beauty are we missing? Because it's been overshadowed by the struggle, the difficulty. What beauty are we missing? I mean, I say this and I know that when we went for a really difficult time in our marriage and when Trinity was really sick and she almost died and stuff like that and basically she told me to leave and I wanted to leave and the only reason why we didn't break up is I was too scared about what my parents would do to me. I can now look back and see that in that season the beauty that God put into our marriage is what makes our marriage so great today. But in that season, all I could see was the difficulties. All I could see was how hard it was, the struggles. It overshadowed the beauty of the, of the closeness, the oneness, the, the, the stuff that was going on because it's all we had was each other. You know, we have family and that I get that, but you know, when you're really going through it, it's the person close to you, yeah. It's that one person that's that's, and, and something beautiful was happening in the moment, but I I I so couldn't see it because it was overshadowed so much by the struggles and the difficulties. And I remember when she went in for one surgery, rather than sticking around <laughs> in the hospital to see how she recovered, I went and played golf with a friend instead, because it's the. The season was just too difficult to deal with, so I wanted to go into somebody else's season. Go and have fun and do what normal people get to do. Play golf, not sit around in hospitals for six hours. Waiting for I wanted to escape the season. But now I understand that if I had stopped in that season and and God has done incredible things for it, but if I'd stopped in that season and said, okay, God. I don't want the struggles and the difficulties to overshadow the beauty of what you're doing. What is it? Let me see the beauty. Let me see the beauty of this season. Let me see what it is that you're making beautiful. Because He makes all things beautiful. All things beautiful. Just close your eyes just for a moment. I want you to hear this. He makes all things beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, even that abuse that you suffered, if you would let God get involved in that season, He can make all things beautiful. Oh God, we're, we're so struggling financially right now. I, I, I understand, but don't let the struggle overshadow, because He can make all things beautiful. He makes ways in the desert and ways in the wasteland. I do a new thing, can you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He makes all things beautiful. The desert was once dead, but He puts a stream in it and now there's life and vitality and plants and trees and fish because He makes all things beautiful. If we can just see that in every season there's a struggle, But if we speak right in our season, we can seize the strength from the season because we can see He makes all things beautiful in His time. Father, I pray for every single person here this morning. Actually, before I do that, why don't you just stand to your feet just for a moment. And I really do feel on my heart this morning that there are people here